A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, we've got something completely unique and different. Um, I just wanted to flag up as well. This is a, an introduction for World Game Changers and a conversation with my ex-partner, Paul Lowe, around consciously uncoupling. And welcome to you, Paul. <laughs> Thanks very much. It uh, it feels really strange. This does, but in a really beautiful way too. You know, um, you know, we're on this is as I say going to be repurposed from the World Game Changes podcast under the banner of Friends After Lovers, and it seems so strange talking to you in this kind of professional under this professional banner as two former lovers that are now have become very, very, very close friends. Uh, it just seems surreal. Um, it feels beautiful at the same time. It certainly does. And um, I think for the benefit of the audience, I think the reason we wanted to have this conversation is to let people know, you know, there is there is, there is life after separation sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But what's really interesting for me, and I agree with that, yes, definitely, but actually it goes so much further because, you know, I can only speak, obviously, as one half of this particular dance, but the relationship that we've got from my heart now is extremely sacred, you know, and you can put it under the banner of deep friendship or whatever. You. So, yes, I agree with that generally, your statement, but I think there's so much more to be had as well. Yeah, I agree with that as well. So um, for the benefit of the audience, how would you sum up what consciously uncoupling actually means to you, Paul. Oh, me. And how long have we got on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> blimey, what a question that is. You could you could have, you know, see what this is, is getting your own back, isn't it, for all those years of conflict? <laughs> and I use that term very loosely, very loosely. Um, what does that mean? Consciously uncoupling. I mean, I suppose in its most kind of starkest obvious way it's you know we're, we're separating we're parting we've come to the end of the road we're conscious of that um but actually the uncoupling takes it to another dimension because not only we're separating in you know what the outside world might deem a romantic stroke couple scenario but it's actually all the emotions that that go with it isn't it you know you're separating those emotions out because I think it's one thing separating and saying, OK, we'll split the bank account, we'll split this, we'll split the assets, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. But to then try and separate and split out your emotions, that's a different kettle of fish altogether, I think. Um, and so when you uncouple, and I really do like that word, you uncouple, it's... Uh, I've certainly found it to be, uh, and I'll just use the word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out, use a get out of jail word. Interesting, 
how it, that's unfolded for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally, totally resonate. And um, I think for the benefit of the audience, I'd just like to mention that um, Paul and I were together for 10 years, but we've been separated four years now, but remained very amicable. And uh, obviously, initially, there was those moments of uh, angst. I can't say it was all sweet and light and a bed of roses initially, but we, we sort of ironed those out fairly quickly, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, because I think, you know, I mean, this brings in the question of love, doesn't it? Um, love's, a, I mean, it's a wonderful, for me, in my world, it is the ultimate energy. Um, and I think the love takes on a different, I don't even know what the word is. I mean, how do you define love? You know, we have love for, you know, our, our family, our friends, you know, maybe even our car, our possessions, you know, that kind of thing. We have a, you know, a different kind of love for our, you know, our, our pets, um, our partners and, you know, all these kind of different categories that we we kind of pigeonhole, don't we? And we segment our love. We, we give it a label. We give it a name. You know, we give it a box to live in. And I've kind of questioned this over the years, um, even before this, that love really is the is the energy that that radiates from within us. And then we kind of, I suppose, choose where we're going to direct that love. You know, is this a romantic relationship that, you know, that kind of aligns with, let's say, sexual activity for, for as one example? because it's more deeply physically intimate. So we might we kind of make those conscious choices, but at its core, irrespective of what the dynamic of love is, I believe that comes from within and it just radiates out. And we kind of then sort of give it a label or channel it into a certain into a certain direction. And there's a whole host of things then that go with those respective specifics, whether that's love for our children, love for our family, or, or whatever, our possessions, our pets, whatever that may be. Does does that kind of make any sense? Yeah, I think there is definitely different forms of love and there's different feelings associated with those different forms of love, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but I think what's materialised for me is you know strip out the label romantic um because we're not a couple anymore but my love for you is i think is actually increased because there's no expectation that we'll be sharing a bed or we'll be doing this together as a couple you know i think it gives you that opportunity it's given me that opportunity to really go inward in love in a general sense and more specifically where you're concerned so well what does this what does this really mean what does it really mean? And I think when you, you know, you, you kind of come from that, what is it What is it that I've got? What do I stand for? What do I stand against me? Um, and it kind of purifies things because you're not then having to factor in another party and an expectation that, oh, you know, because we're a couple, I've got to do this or I should have, would have, could have done that. You kind of stand alone, which then actually gives you that power to give love to per, to a person or a pet or, or whatever it may be, to channel it in a way that this is me and I choose to give you this. And that's certainly unfolded in, in, in my world generally and certainly in the specifics of us, you know, to use your word, uncoupling. 
Yeah, absolutely. So how would you, I uh, suppose, for the, again, for the benefit of the audience, is describe um, the difference between somebody that's unconsciously separating and uncoupling to to what we did, which was more very much around consciously uncoupling. So how would I describe the difference between the two? Yes. I think if there's that unconscious element there, that creates chaos. Because you're then trapped in all the emotions. I mean, as you've already alluded to, you know, our separation wasn't, you know, um, all rainbows and unicorns. You know, there was that niggle. There was that hurt on both sides. You know, there was that grieving, as you know, for for something in the main, which was certainly very powerful. Um but we had, as you yet again, you've alluded to, we'd kind of come to the end of the road. We'd helped each other grow so much that actually I think we'd helped each other grow apart, which kind of sounds really zany, doesn't it? Um, but it, to go back to the difference between the conscious and the unconscious, I think it's, you know, the self-observation is key. To have that ability to look at yourself in the equation and ask yourself, why are we... Why are we why are we doing this? You know, is it is it just a sort of a lover's tiff? Is it relatively superficial, an ego driven lover's tiff? Or is it an understanding from consciousness that we've come to a different place in our lives as individuals? And as such, we may be no longer aligned in a way that we thought we were initially. And I think that's the big difference, because. To have that understanding helps to create a bit of a, a more conscious route map and exit and, you know, to navigate through all the stormy emotions that prevail. Because without that, you're trapped in emotion. If you don't know why, you you just know you've got to do it, but you don't really know why or how. That, for me, is chaos. And that magnifies the confusion and the hurt even more and more and more and prolongs it as well. Mm. I mean, we've met so many couples that have um, been in awe of how well we've done in terms of our way that we've managed to uh, consciously uncouple relatively unscathed, you know, albeit like you said, where there, were, there were those niggles initially, which we ironed out. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a good journey and I think it's worthwhile sharing that with audience members who might be in a situation where they're considering it might be best for them to separate and how best to do that. And there's no way that I don't think anybody, if you've been in a, a situation where you've shared the love of uh, an intimate relationship, where you can come out uh, totally without any hurt feelings and unless, <laughs> unless you're a robot. Um, but you can certainly navigate it to a point where, you know, there, there will be, a little bit of pain here and there but you can let that go pretty quickly and pretty easily mm, i mean yeah communication and it's such an obvious one isn't it i mean it's blatantly obvious to say that as humans you know if we can communicate more things will be so much better and begs the question why on earth don't we communicate because i think as humans generally speaking we're poor at communicating. And that's a mass general statement to make, of course, that covers a multitude of things. But I really do think so. And that kind of nicely leads into, 
you know, um, if I may be allowed to kind of share what lessons, the legacy of our uncoupling, if you like, what would I do different in, in, in my next relationship? What would I take forward? And communication is absolutely key. Absolutely key. And I repeat yet again, listeners, well, Paul, that is such an obvious statement to make. Yes, it is. But boy, I think generally speaking, as humans, and we have to be careful of generalizations, of course, we're, we're poor. We're poor at communicating our thoughts, our feelings, particularly the more, yet again, at the risk of generalizing, the more masculine energy. You know, we push it, oh, it'll be all right. Don't make a fuss about it. We suppress it. We put it down. And then, of course, like everything, it will come out eventually. And when it comes out, it usually explodes and ends up in something quite catastrophic. So for me, I suppose what I'm trying to say as a result of lessons learned um, from this, this four years that, you know, we've been since we split um, is to have a good look at me, a really good look at me. How do I show up in a relationship? What part was I responsible for creating hurt, confusion, miscommunication? You know, what part did I show up in our relationship? And, and that, you know, that can be a tough place to be. Um, as we know, when we look in the mirror and, you know, one or two truths are coming back. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it wasn't me that much. It was really, it wasn't me. It was her, which is the easy get out of jail card. It's not good enough. So for me, what that's taught me is that when I go into my next relationship, it will be with that commitment of to talk and communicate every step of the way. And even if I'm feeling off or down or I feel triggered or, you know, by something my partner said, it's going to be put on the table straight away. And that for me is a big, big, big lesson learned. Yeah, absolutely. And when we communicate, you know, even if we're, um, I suppose, thinking that it might cause a disagreement, I mean, we can always choose a time and a place whereby we can communicate and say, look, we need to have a difficult conversation. And, you know, this is how I feel without it getting nasty, can't we? Yeah. And I suppose that this there's a humour alert here. And certainly, uh, <laughs> as I've watched Lynn smile, she knows what's coming. Um, well, I'm asking permission to share my humour, which usually goes down like a lead balloon. I've certainly <laughs> mentioned it before on the World Game Changes podcast episode. So I don't know if your listeners may or may not appreciate it. I'll bow down to you being the host on your podcast on this. Absolutely. Go for it. Right. OK, so it's this. So. As will Game Changers uh, listeners will know, um, I've been sort of in a former life very aligned with football, professional football in the UK. And particularly my allegiance has lied to a certain team in Nottingham called Nottingham Forest. And they had a, for 18 years, had a very, very well-known manager called Brian Clough. Now, Cloughy was, in my humble opinion, a genius, not just in football, but in life. He was way ahead of his time with his statements, his philosophies. Um, but he was very, very much, even much misunderstood because he was labelled a loud mouth, he was brash, he was arrogant, he was opinionated, obnoxious, blah, 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 blah. However, the, the point of this attempt at humour is this. 
And I tried this on Lynn during our kind of uh, our relationship, and it went down like a lead balloon time after. We didn't stop me trying because apparently God loves a trier. And as Lynn said, I was very trying. <laughs> Cluffy used to say, so a player would come and knock on his door on a Monday morning after the game at the weekend and say, boss, I scored a hat-trick uh, or I scored the winning goal or whatever it was. I want to pay rise. And Cluffy had an answer. And it was the same answer that anybody that come into Cluffy's office to talk about potential conflict. Why haven't you picked me for the first team, boss? Blah, blah, blah. And Cluffy's response was this. We talk about it for two minutes and then we would decide I was right. So, you know, I, I tried this one on Lynn and I'll repeat again, listeners. It didn't even get off the ground. <laughs> oh, I can confirm that 100%. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that that was laid on me, like you said, quite a few times, and I wasn't having none of it. <laughs> yeah. Because my yeah. response to that was, "I'll let you have the last word as long as it's yes, dear." <laughs> and and I was being, you know, grammatically. Well, actually, I don't want to be pedantic, but that's two words. <laughs> as I exited, as I exited out the door rapidly because a slipper was heading my way. <laughs> Okay, so if we've got people listening that are in that, I suppose, difficult spot where they know that their relationship has run its course, and usually we know that quite some time before we actually have those difficult conversations, don't we? What would your yeah. advice be to them, Paul? We've already mentioned communication. No apologies, listeners, for, you know, really repeating that. Keep talking. But the other significant thing, and this brings in, uh, and I'll say our three sacred souls, find some middle ground. You know that, you know, rather than it being two individuals that are polarised, find something in the middle that, you know, creates something humorous, something warm, something loving. And I don't mean use the kids as kind of bargaining tools either. And so let's give this some context. So, and I know this wasn't part of our sort of... Uh, if you like, strategy or technique when we uncoupled. But I've thought about this since, and I want to kind of flag up, if I may, three beautiful, beautiful feline souls that go by the name of Magic, Madam and Miracle, your three, your three felines. As I'm sure you will attest, the amount of love and joy that we share through this, I'll, I'll use the term middle, middle ground, this third collective entity is being beyond amazing and i've kind of thought about that i mean obviously our love and our connection with those souls is just undeniable it's profound in the extreme uh, and by the way listeners this is from a, a guy that doesn't like cats apparently <laughs> yeah. i remember you saying that quite clearly and adamantly and and now he's actually besotted with my three cats yeah um there's just something so you know to to bring that in, find that something, you know, I use the, the you know, they could be a, a metaphoric love box. It's something or someone or probably some things that sit outside the two individuals, because I think once it's just the two siloed individuals, it becomes an ego driven. I'm right. You're wrong scenario. Whereas if you've got something in the middle to pour that love into uh, humorously and say, look, you know, um, I'll give it a thing is so imagine 
that we were turning the clock back four years and those beautiful felines were on, on the scene. It's like, yeah, do you know what, babe? We're, we're, we're going to be splitting up. It's so I wonder what our children think about it. You know, our children, and this is the injecting the, the energy of humour, our children being the three felines. You know, create something, create this middle, middle ground fantasy and use that as a basis for humour because humour is a massive, massive diffuser of, of angst, as we know. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I think it's a bit close to the bone maybe with children, which is the obvious one. Um, and maybe I'm being a bit too subjective here, but I turn the clock back and think, wow, if we was going through this again, that niggle that we had, I'm sure we wouldn't have had this. Uh, we wouldn't have had it, you know, with this kind of, I don't want to call it a strategy or tactic, but, you know, pouring our love into a third into a third entity, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a good angle to approach it from. And uh, I think for the benefit of the listeners, they ought to give you a little bit of context about um, the, the cats because um, I actually acquired them post our separation, um, literally just over 18 months ago now. They were three abandoned six to seven week old kittens that had been left by the roadside that one of my friends found and I just looked at them and, and fell in love with all three and, and decided I was going to adopt all three straight away and uh, the reason one of them is called Miracle is because um, he wasn't able to and still isn't able to stand or walk on his back legs but he's a little amazing soul that gets around on his front two legs really really well and um, you know uh, his brother and sister are fine but you know, he has that extra support, but combined, they're, they're three beautiful little entities, like you say, that that uh, have, have brought that uh, closeness and friendship to an, a different level, haven't they? Oh, completely. Undescribable. You know, when... You know, when you and I meet up a couple of days a week, sometimes three day, times a week for a pizza and watching Netflix or whatever, you know, just sort of reminiscing about the good old days. And, you know, and just immersing in, in that, you know, you can guarantee that 99.9% .9 of the time, right in the middle of that, is a certain putty cat or three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've been really really instrumental in uh, helping me with my own sense of well-being and I suppose at times when people sometimes feel that they're alone or or lonely um you know it's it's a good idea to think about maybe adopting a pet or two <laughs> what would you say to that I think it's fantastic yeah I mean people do but I think, to you know, the love is we need a channel for love, don't we? This kind of goes back to what I suggested earlier on. We need a channel for love because we are naturally love. And I think if we've not got that kind of playground to exercise our, you know, and channel that love into, we can lose our way. I certainly lost my way for many years, many years. So I think, it, you know, to have a, you know, a pet, uh, another soul, um, you know, to love and particularly with cats, you know, the, what they give you back and, and everything. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's life changing because as we know, you know, flying off at another tangent on another thread, loneliness can be a killer. Absolutely. It can. And um, I'm not saying it, it should be a substitute either. If you do decide to get a pet for, for closing off 
to the potential of um, having your heart open again, ready for a new relationship. Because I think sometimes people do become um, disenchantized with the relationships, don't they? And then they they probably already have pets or get a pet and, and then decide that's enough. And, and I, I think, you know, that can be enough for some people. But I just think it's sad that if they've done that because they're closed off to having love with a significant other person. Yeah. Yeah. And just going back at this, you know, this is another another attempt at humour, but just going back about, you know, kind of when people are parting, how do you do it? I've already alluded to the humour. Humour's massive and that can be a bit kind of counterintuitive. You know, when when things are falling apart, particularly if one part is cheated and and the hurt is really, really massive. So I'm not over sort of simplifying this or, you know, suggesting it's easy, but there has to be something in the middle, something. And I think just one of the phrases that uh, I use regularly in my life now, you know, and it's kind of, you know, rather than getting heavy and the fact that I do need to totally take responsibility for my life, my actions, my thoughts, everything, you know, if I do something inverted commas wrong, I'll say to Lynn, for example, now look what you've made me do. <laughs> Just that humorous way of saying, you know what, I need to take responsibility for this. But it's a very gentle way of kind of flirting with the blame thing that our subconscious seems to want to do. And so long as it's said humorously and communicated in a way that both parties know that actually what he's really saying is, yeah, I've got it wrong again, Paul. Um, <laughs> And it just diffuses, doesn't it? So humour's massive. And, and I'll repeat, listeners, I'm not being insensitive when I say that, you know, it ain't that simple. But I think the first thing we do when we are thinking of um, of parting, of separating, what is that, that third party middle ground that we can pour our, ourselves into rather than directly lashing out at the individual? Because it becomes an us v them war then. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we, we all have to look at ourselves, like you say, in 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 the dynamic and 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 acknowledge that, you know, we, we do all have our own part to play in a in a relationship, whether that's good, bad or, in, or indifferent, don't we? Mm. So have we got time to talk about the love box and the concept? Because this kind of aligns with everything that we've just been speaking about. Yeah, yeah. I think we've got a few minutes. Yeah. OK. So my thought around the love box is this. When we I think it was Tony Robbins that coined the phrase um, or well, not the phrase, but he gave the insight that most people go into relationship for what they can get out of it. And they most people go into a relationship looking for the perfect love. It does not exist. We co-create it. So how do we co-create it? So this really got me thinking and, and it's like, OK, what if there was this third thing, this that's neither me nor you, but it's something that is ours? So imagine a shoebox, for example. Now, some people save their money in a shoebox or it doesn't matter what the box is, but this third thing. So rather than us taking, you know, say we was putting 100 pounds a week in a piece Rather than taking money out, we would be putting money in. Because if we keep taking, imagine there's a thousand pounds in that love box and one party just keeps taking it out and taking it out and taking it out. There's going to be nothing left. 
there's going to be nothing left. So we have to look to what we can put in. And there's no judgment on this. There's no, well, I put 100 in this week and you haven't put anything in. You give unconditionally without expectation of return. And so that's on an easy one to uh, assess because that's financial. Surely the parallel is the same with emotions. What about if there was a love box where we just gave unconditionally? Now, there is a saturation point with that because a one-sided relationship where one part is just giving, 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 giving is eventually going to create resentment. So for me, this love box is a great concept and, and one that I personally, have, you know, will put in place in my next relationship to say, look, let's create this love box and unequivocally, let's just give. What you want to put in is up to you. What I want to put in is is just going to be unconditional. I will give everything I can. And that way you don't become emotionally or financially bankrupt because it's coming from a place of trust and giving rather than lack um, and fear. Well said. Yeah, totally, totally support that and uh, resonate with it. And uh, yeah, to intend to adopt that same strategy in my next relationship too. So for the benefit of listeners, Paul, what, what's your best contact information if they want to reach out or connect with you? Um, yeah, just just have a look at the World Game Changers website, yeah. um, which is www.worldgamechangers.org. You'll find ways to to reach out there. Um, yeah, so that that's probably the best one. Okay, then. And um, any final words of wisdom around this fascinating topic of how to consciously uncouple i've already said it but it's worth repeating we'll discuss it for two minutes and decide i was right <laughs> <laughs> typical typical and on that note i'll leave you listeners with true love starts with opening our hearts and until next time goodbye for now Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?